Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Ma'am. We've been married for 21 years and have seen the fruit from raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from their faith by age 18. And it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in the following world. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. So glad you're here. Yeah, we are. We are excited to share with you guys on an interesting topic. Yeah, I, I think I, so. I think that this is going to be really encouraging, but more than encouraging, um, I think exhortation fits the description of this two-part series we're about to start. Well, it could because uh, I think all parents have both of these things happening. It's just the question is, at what level are they happening? And, uh, you know, you can kind of audit yourself and see how are you doing mm-hmm. with this? Because mm-hmm. you know, the, the topic is, is your parenting relationship or control driven? That's right. And this is um, actually a podcast that we, someone requested that we talk about. Um, we love hearing your recommendations and requests. You are free to text those into us if you have um have been a part of our texting. Yeah. Right. Or you can email them to us at Angie at CourageousMom.com or Isaac at Tolpins.com. Right. Yeah. And so we love hearing your suggestions because we want this podcast to be relevant to what you guys are going through today. But I think that this is a really relevant topic. Always has been, always will be. But with parents experiencing what we've experienced in 2020 and now 21 with um, COVID, kids are home more. So there's more parenting happening, or there should be. Well, it just reveals more. The more time together, it reveals more of your strengths and more Mm -hmm. of your weaknesses Mm -hmm. as a family unit in your parenting and Mm -hmm. so forth. And uh, it's, it's really important, this topic, because it very well could determine whether or not your kids want to be around you when they're older, whether or not they heed your advice, Mm -hmm. proactively ask you for advice, share anything with you, all Mm -hmm. kinds of things we're going to dive into, but it is really, really important. And one Mm -hmm. of the key things, I think you said this, but you know, Mm -hmm. when kids get older and someone asks them, you know, what will they say? Will they say you were a control driven parent or like a a controlling parent? Yeah. Yeah. Or a relationship-driven parent. And you know what? It's not that we're only to be 100% one, because sometimes we do need to have some elements. Our authority is important sometimes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the motivation behind and what's behind that authority, uh, it's got to be founded on relationship. It it does. It's actually going to reveal a a heart, a foundation, right? Um, Which is what we really hope that you guys are purposeful in being introspective, if you will, and mm-hmm. auditing. I love that word audit because um, we're going to talk about some really um, important key aspects and we're going to do this in two podcasts so that you guys can really chew on it, p- potentially even do a date night. Wouldn't that just be awesome if couples were to get together and talk about like what was covered or maybe there was a verse or something that we went over that really like convicted them or encouraged them and they okay. were able to share that and pray yeah. together. Here's a tip. I would pray at the beginning of that date night <laughs> because, <laughs> yes. because you need to like, you know, you might be sharing truths with each other too, you know? Uh, so <laughs> yeah. I would pray at the beginning, Lord, help us to receive 
you know, any truth, that any needs truth to be from each other. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's good. That's help good. us to share in love, uh-huh. you know, these kinds of things, mm-hmm. but praying together is powerful. And then you could encourage each other and wow, you really build relationships well in this area. And then you could also share the times maybe one or both of you are mm-hmm. too controlling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you guys, a brief agenda of what we're going to go over in today's podcast is we're going to talk about the imagery of God in relationship with us and how that's reflected in our relationship with our children. That will be the first point. The second things we're going to cover is the myths on relationship driven parenting, right? Because I think a lot of people take it too far or think, um, no, I need to be authoritarian because if I don't, then this and this and this and this is what's going to be happening, right? Mm-hmm. So we're going to go over those myths, but we're going to talk about the truth about relationship-driven parenting. And we're going to talk about being soaked in biblical worldview ourselves, as well as soaking our children in biblical worldview. Hey, that's part one. So get ready, buckle your seatbelt. And part two, we're going to talk about sowing and reaping the symptoms of the control-driven mm-hmm. relationship, mm-hmm. Uh, the importance of reflection, some aspects of that, mm-hmm. and really dive into a key word you'll find out in part two. So I, you know, I was just thinking one thing that we, when we were planning this series out, one thing that we did not put into this podcast because it probably would have made it double the length. I'm going to give you a task. We've never done this before, but I'm going to give okay. you some homework. People love When homework. you're listening to these two podcasts, I want you to think of two things. What are the symptoms or um, triggers or consequences of parents being this way? And what would be the symptoms of a child being this way so that you have your eyes open for looking for those things. I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. In tomorrow's or the next week's podcast when we're talking about symptoms of control-driven, one of those tiny little things is fear-based, right? Yeah. And so we talk about the difference and the importance of evaluating if you're a fear-based parent and how that impacts your parenting on your child. But there's also the aspect of, is your child scared of you? Are they fearful? See how it's like a reflection of both? Yeah. So as we're going through all of these points, whether it's myths on relationship-driven, think of what the symptoms would be of a relationship-driven, both good and bad. That's good. Think of what the myths might be like if you are, um, or maybe if you've taken it too far, what the symptoms would be. That would be taking these two podcasts to a whole new level that could be really enlightening. I love it. Just let's take a moment. We thank you so much for being part of the One Million Legacies movement. Truly, uh, it's been an exciting and incredible journey. Uh, not easy. Nothing good is ever easy, right? Mm-hmm. And but it is worth it, and we're excited to be on this here. We have so much encouragement. iTunes, uh, if you do the five stars, that's amazing. Helps the algorithms get the mm-hmm. podcast out there. Written reviews, we read them all. Elsewhere too, social share. Every time you share on social media and you tag us, so we know about it. Uh, we know you're part of the One Million Legacies movement. You are helping One Million mm-hmm. Legacies forever be changed. And talk about a way to change the world. That is awesome. And it's not us changing the world. We're doing this together. So Mm -hmm. we so appreciate that. I don't know if you know this or not, but we have two important websites, CourageousMom.com and Uh, Mm CourageousParenting.com. Tons of, what do you have, 800 blog posts on (laughs) CourageousMom.com? Not quite. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I I thought it was large. There's there's over 300. Okay. And there's uh, some really postpartum, Christian postpartum courses, Redeeming Childbirth book. Uh, Also, CourageousParenting.com. You have the homeschooling blueprint, over a thousand. I think it's over a thousand people have gone through. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a course for moms on 
how to homeschool really. Yeah, yeah. and ton, and there's a PDF download. I think it's 45 pages with all the resources yeah, that we recommend workbook. and vouch mm-hmm. for uh, for your kids all ages. Uh, so such good stuff. And then the Parenting Mentor Program, CourageousParenting.com. And you can also get the podcast, all the show notes and everything in there. Important update is Rumble. We are on Rumble for video for every episode as of a few week few weeks ago. Yeah, that was and a big chore. That was a big chore. Yeah. All of our episodes that are on YouTube are now on Rumble from the past two. And um, we mm-hmm. encourage you to go over there and give us some Rumble so more people on Rumble see our videos, the videos, the podcasts. I was trying to think so of a joke, we have, but didn't think of it. Yeah, there's. Um, we've been getting a lot of questions though of people who were watching the podcast on YouTube asking why our latest podcasts are not necessarily. I just don't like there. YouTube. I don't like what they stand for. I don't mm-hmm. like their censorship. I don't like anything about YouTube anymore. And you can disagree with me if you want, but that's just my opinion. Yeah. So you guys know that we are trying to find ourselves yeah um or re not if recreate is a good relocate we're yeah. trying to relocate on social media also which is important for you guys to know we have all of the links and stuff in our podcast show notes so go to courageousparenting.com click on the menu bar click podcast latest podcast and you can get all, all right. that that was longer than usual but it's been a while since we did a full update on those things okay let's dive yeah. into imagery uh, of God and okay. our relationship. Yeah. So we're talking again, with is us. your parenting relationship or control driven? And the first thing that came to our minds was, well, of course, what is our relationship with God? Because he's our heavenly father and we are his children. And we know that his intent in creating mm. the family structure is that we would bring glory to him, that we would reflect him just as marriage reflects the, the, relationship between Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. right? The head of the church and the bride, the church yeah. in parenting the heavenly father to his children relationship. We really should be looking to him for our example, to his word, for our guidance, for our wisdom and how we should be parenting. Now, mm-hmm. this is a, I was telling Isaac when we first started making this podcast, I have to confess something to you guys. Um, there were a few things that we said and I went, Babe, but we go into depth on this in the Courageous Parenting Mentor Program. Like I'm talking 40 passages of scripture, one whole hour just on this one thing. And I like on the theology and the purpose of parenting. And he's like, yeah, but let's, you know what? We're just going to touch on it a little bit here. But I just wanted to tell you guys, if this is something that you don't know what the purpose of parenting is, you really, I cannot urge you enough to consider going through the Courageous Parenting Mentor Program with us. Well, Uh, and the the difference is we're having a discussion here uh, that's more of a loose discussion back and forth and Mm -hmm. so forth. Uh, The Parenting Mentor Program was created with a scalpel with the Holy Spirit involved. What I mean by that is (laughs) it was very, very well thought out. Uh, yeah. The Holy Spirit was prompting us and uh, lots of study, lots of mm-hmm. work. I mean, an incredible amount of work to put that curriculum It together. is a curriculum, yeah. So very, very different. So even if we touch on something in a podcast, what's in the parenting program mm-hmm. is the complete, is the detailed, is the really, and it's in, in order to give yes. you a bi- biblical mm-hmm. parenting model Um that is that has uh, really been having a tremendous impact. Yeah, and you guys, it's one of the things I have to. The reason why I'm bringing this up is because it's not a behavior modification plan. This podcast is not a behavior modification podcast yeah. topic. 
Okay. Even though we're talking about parenting, is your parenting controlling or is it relationship driven? A lot of times people can think of control and go, oh, you're talking about behavior. Like you look at your kid's behavior and are you, are you able to control your kid's behavior? Okay. And so we go into depth on the biblical perspective of this so much more in the Courageous Parenting Mentor Program, but it's important that we touch on it in this podcast because God in his goodness gave us free will Mm -hmm. and he wants us to be in relationship with him. And that is the ultimate message that we need to make sure that we are teaching our kids about God to them but we model it in our relationship to our child. So what does God do? Let's let's just look at a few of these things. He gives us the truth. Right. He gives us the plan mm-hmm. for righteous living, best living, right. um, to glorify him, to attract other people into great living, to actually the end all be all, which is to be in heaven with God, right? Which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is not right here controlling us. Mm-hmm. in our every move, right? There's free will, mm-hmm. right, honey? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I just want to point you guys, we're not going to get into Genesis chapter two in depth, but this chapter is when God creates Adam mm-hmm. and he creates the garden of Eden in verse eight. And he goes into the tree of life and he tells Adam, you can eat of any tree except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then he gives him the consequence of what will happen if he does, which is Mm -hmm. you will certainly die. Um, So you can go back and read that more in depth, but he gave us choice because he wants us to like, okay, can I just ask you a question in your marriage? If your marriage was arranged and you did not choose your spouse, would, wouldn't that change the dynamics of your marriage? Like you both want love from each other that's given because you want to give it. Mm -hmm. And God wants the same thing in his relationship with his church, with us. And so we have to understand that, guess what? Our kids also need that. They need that modeled for them in their relationship with you, but they also need to be led in how to do that in a relationship with God. And that is one of the main roles. That's why we always say parenting is a great commission. Yeah. Right. And so I'm going to read to you guys, though, from Galatians chapter five, verse 13. It says, for you, brethren, have been called to liberty only. Do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, Mm -hmm. but through love, serve one another. The reason why we were wanting to bring this up is that even though we've been given free will, another translation says, even though you've been called the freedom, Mm -hmm. do not abuse it basically, right? And so God is literally, this is a a declarative sentence. It's not an interrogative like, hey, you've been given liberty, but but what do you think, man? Can you, it's not that God doesn't write the word that way. He's literally telling us, do not use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh. And so there is an element here where God, as our heavenly father, as our creator, is saying you have freedom but don't abuse it. Here's some guidelines. And as parents, we have to do the same thing. So that's why Isaac was saying it's not hundred percent control. It's not hundred percent. It comes from relationship, but we still are going to have some standards as parents, right? When it Mm -hmm. comes to holding them accountable. There's also many times where God references obedience, um, with the, without having the right heart is just religion. That's worthless. Um, so, you know, giving, for example, 
without the right heart, mm-hmm. right? It, it talks about that. So just think about that. Do we want our kids to obey us without the right heart? And then we validate our command and control um, with using our authority because it worked. We got the behavior we wanted, but mm-hmm. we didn't get their heart. There wasn't a heart of desire to obey you mm-hmm. because they love you because of the relationship they have with you. And so I think that we have, we have a relationship with our kids. Well, because th- that God orchestrated that, right? They're your kids. However, you can't take that for granted. We also have to nurture mm-hmm. an ongoing and growing relationship with them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think parents can take for granted that, well, I'll always have a relationship with my kids because they're my kids. And there mm-hmm. is, there is, some truth to that, although you could lose it, you could lose the relationship with your kids because yep. whatever you take for granted, sometimes it disappears. Someone once said, but, um, I think we need to be more diligent than that and go, no, we need to actually proactively build a relationship mm-hmm. with our kids, just as God is proactively building a relationship with us mm-hmm. through his Holy spirit. Mm-hmm. So it is so important. Mm-hmm. Uh, another verse that is just so powerful, you guys, obviously the whole chapter, first John chapter three, but it starts out saying, behold, what manner of love the father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. So obviously this is one of the many scriptures. You probably could think of tons of them that just prove that God as is our father, we are his children. And so I just wanted to bring up that passage of scripture. Um, just before that in chapter two, verse 28, it says, and now little children abide in him that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. So obviously there's this, this, there's a standard, right? And we don't want to be ashamed because of how we've been living. If you were to scroll down a little further past verse one in chapter three, it says things such as, therefore the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are the children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him there is no sin. So whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. So this this next part, verse 7 through 9, I'm not going to read it, but you should go back as a parent because little children, let no one deceive you. Like we are God's children. We should not, we need to have our discernment hats on. We need to have the full armor of God so that we are not deceived. We cannot let people deceive us, mm-hmm. right? In our parenting either. So be careful who you're following. But at the same time, wow, we as parents have to be careful not to deceive our children. Yeah, That's how I read that, right? I read it as I'm a child of God, what does the word say? But also I'm a parent with little children, little children, let no one deceive you. We cannot deceive our children in the way we parent, right? So are we going to make mistakes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But are we humble about it, repentant, and then turning when we do? And so if our kids see that, it can actually be an avenue that God can use to redeem and then bring them to him. But if we are controlling and we're trying to manipulate the situation to always be right because we think we have to be in authority. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Is God patient with you? Mm. So 
that's a sign of a relationship approach. And are you patient with your kids? What I mean is to build a relationship uh, or to have a relationship focus when there's misbehavior or when kids aren't doing what they need to be doing or they need direction or they even need training and teaching about something. Um, it's very easy to take the control approach because we can mm -hmm. shortcut. It's shorter and we might be busy and we can just tell them what to do and tell them the next thing to do and miss out on telling them why's and the things around it and really um, caring about what they think and how they think and caring about who they are mm -hmm. as an individual and caring about where they're at and thinking about these things that a relationship driven approach would take and you shortcut it with uh, do it because I told you so mm -hmm. or something like that. And that's a much more controlling approach and it's an impatient approach. And when there's impatience, it's sometimes hurting relationship mm -hmm. long term. So there's something to think about, mm -hmm. but perhaps we should move into the myths on the relationship driven approach, because we can easily just assume we know what we're talking about when we talk about relationship. So this is where you guys see in the podcast, our discussion. And I just want to share one more thing on the previous. Okay, point. go ahead. Okay. So I just wanted to ask when Isaac was talking, I wanted to ask you guys this question. What is your, what do you think God, how do you think God views children? Now, of course you're sitting there going, Angie, that's such a simple question. Of course he views them as a heritage, as an inheritance, as a gift, as a mm. blessing. You're probably thinking of Psalm 127, right? That says, behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. goes on and on and on. That, that is one of the most classic verses that most people have memorized. Yes. So how should our view of children be? Realize that his view of his children impacts our relationship with him. So our view of children impacts our relationship with our children mm -hmm. and our view of children impacts our children's view of children and their relationship with their children and so on and so on and so on and so on. And I want to read to you why this is so important in Matthew chapter 18. It says, but whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better mm -hmm. for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe to the world because of offenses. And then it just continues on talking about sin. And it, then it said in verse 10, take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven, their angels always see the face of my father who is in heaven. For the son of man has come to save that which is lost. And you guys, I just, I, I keep thinking about how we take this we read this scripture as I am one of God's children, but I have children. And we need to realize that if we are viewing our children incorrectly, unbiblically, not the way the Bible actually teaches, if we view children, not just our children, children in general this way, that's why I'll just say it. That's why abortion is not a political issue. It's a spiritual issue. Okay, because if we're not viewing children the way God views children, what are we passing on to our kids? We're either passing on blasphemy or we're passing on the truth. And we are going to be held accountable for what we're passing on to them. Yeah. So we need to be careful of that um, and not lose sight of the mission, because this is the mission mm -hmm. that we are on as parents. Right. Um we so often forget that God has all these verses that we've read about children where he's saying, hey, 
It'd be worse for you to have a millstone hung around your neck than to lead one of these little ones astray. God cares about children. Mm -hmm. So we need to value our position and mission as parents in the home with the highest standard because God does. And if we do that first and we, we first realize that we need to stop chasing after whatever we're chasing, if we're not meeting the needs of our kids emotionally, relationally, you know, leading them spiritually, the things that we're called to do, then there's a problem. Yeah. And that is a huge reflection of relationship. Okay. That's what I wanted to share. That's really good. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I want to take a moment and give you something for free. If you haven't got it already is the date night one sheet. It is a beautiful document you can download that will has some key questions on it for your date night to just get in alignment about what's most important for your family. No matter what time of year, it's always important to recalibrate. You can get that by going to CourageousParenting.com and subscribing to our mailing list. Um, also, you can get all of our show notes and everything at CourageousParenting.com. And I also just want to share real quick about the Parenting Mentor Program. So many families are being transformed by going through this. Uh, it's the six-week self-paced program uh, with live engagement from us and even direct interaction. So if you want to join us, uh, here's a little bit more about it. You can find out more at CourageousParenting.com. Steve and I realized that we were getting too comfortable with the world's vision of how to raise our children. What Angie and Isaac have done in creating this is literally phenomenal. This program provided awesome scripture-based teachings and just some really great practical applications. This class has just really rocked my world. It has given me a vision for not just the different things that we might focus on as parents who are trying to raise our kids biblically, like how our kids are behaving or what we're doing with discipline, but also the things of the heart. We now have a game plan to how we want to raise our children. We have so many answers to the questions that have been in our mind. It's not just these hypothetical situations, or it's not just this, here's what I think you should do. It's, let me show you where in scripture this is. Do your legacy a favor and yourself a favor and just do it. One of the best things that we've done this year, one of the best investments we've made this year, and I could not recommend it more. We're no longer fearing dark days ahead, but we're so excited to raise lights to be leaders for the next generation. So let's talk about myths on relationship-driven parenting. Absolutely. So uh, first of all, you know, the natural things to think about on relationship building are, you know, listening, caring, knowing what's on someone's heart, treating well, spending time with quality time, quantity time too. Um, I think in parenting, all these different things you can go on, you can think of all these lists of what it means to build a relationship, care about people, um, be praying for them, thinking about them, all these things, right? Mm -hmm. Now let's talk about some myths on relationship driven. Uh, relationship driven is not these things, okay? It is not sacrificing your child's righteousness right living, in other mm -hmm. words, for um, nurturing relationships with the wrong people. So if... Or comfortability. Or comfortability. Right. Um, like, oh, you're, you're at a friend's house, but you don't really know their kids very well, or you don't know them very well, and you just allow them to be up in a closed room together. Or Like because your kid maybe is desperate for friends, and so you're like, oh, well, I mean, it, things have been really tough during COVID. A yeah. lot of the families we used to hang out, hang out with, maybe they've either moved or they're not hanging out with people as much because 
of different things. And you're, you, you as a parent might be a little desperate for your, your kids to have some friends and yeah. might make the wrong decisions because of your desperation. Or you're getting pressured by your kids. Uh, they want to hang out with people. You know, they're a bad influence and you let them hang out with them because you know, if you tell them not to, you feel like it's going to hurt your relationship with your kids. Oh, like your kid's going to get mad at you. Yeah. Or potentially punish you, the parent, by giving you the cold shoulder or whatever. And, well, life would be so much easier if we could just fast forward and see the ramifications mm -hmm. of all our decisions, wouldn't it? Um, but yeah. so many times, you probably know people like this, where there's ramifications of kids falling away from the Lord, hanging out with the wrong people, led to all kinds of wrong things, and, and, and a very yeah. difficult future for them when they're adults. And if you could go fast forward and see how a sequence of choices and things you allowed for the sake of keeping relationship strong with your kids actually probably deteriorated a relationship with your kids anyways in the future and hurt their future. Mm -hmm. So isn't it better in the short run to make a child a little bit upset because they be, and you're doing it from a care perspective and you're making that super, super clear then, but they're a little bit upset. That's much better today for their right living and relationship with God in the future long term, yeah. and long term. So mm -hmm. we have to think about that. Sometimes there's myths on this. Sometimes we get mixed up as parents and we stop being the parent um, because that's mm -hmm. not necessarily controlling. That is loving. And realizing that relation. So I think that some more, um, I don't know if it, if I would call it authoritarian because there are times when you need to have authority, like you need to, um, I don't know um, if enforce your authority is quite the word I'm looking for, but you need to step up as the parent and say, hey, actually, I said no. Mm -hmm. My no means no. My yes means yes, just like the Bible says, right? Um, there are times when you have to do that as a parent. You get where I'm going with this. But a lot of times people who are more relationship driven look at that as being controlling. And then the people who are actually doing the biblical parenting and having boundaries and there's like biblical roles within the family. Yeah. When they hear the word relationship driven parenting, they think, oh, they're talking about being best friends with their kids. And that I just want to make sure that we're really clear that is not what we're talking about here. Like you want to build a relationship with them, but you're the parent. And the better your relationship is and the stronger your relationship is with your kids, mm -hmm. the more you can say, hold the line and they're going to respect your authority even when they think when they don't like the decision because they know it's coming from a deep place of love and care mm -hmm. for them, even when they disagree inside. It's about, when I think of relationship driven, I think about the term, do you have, here's a good question, do you have your child's heart? Are mm -hmm. you chasing after your child's heart? This was something that I wrote on many years ago on a mm -hmm. blog post, that it's never too late to chase after your child's heart. And I just, I feel like I have to say that because a lot of people might feel like right now they're, that they're too late mm. or they don't have their child's heart, right? And that's what we're talking about here is that some, so from, yes, it's easier to start from the beginning pursuing your child's heart because that's what God wants from us is our heart. And of course our actions are going to follow, which we'll talk about that in, the, in a minute. But 
you guys, our kids need to first and foremost feel that we are on their team, that we're, we want what's best for them, that we love them, that we care for them, but that we see things bigger picture because God's given us more experience in life. Yeah. We know the word more. We're more spirit. Hopefully Lord, we can say we're more spiritually mature and we are taking our role as the parents to teach them the command seriously. And if our kids see that it'll sound like, I mean, we've just been blown away by some of the things that our kids have said. Like when one of our kids was in a relationship with someone, they, they came to us and said, Hey, if you think that this is not a good relationship, I will break up with them. And I just went, wow, look at that maturity, mm-hmm. trust, and we have their heart. And I just, there's this aspect of like, we didn't, that wasn't something that we ever put in their mind. Mm-mm. They came to us and that was their heart speaking to us. Isn't that what every parent wants? That your old, older children are going to come to you and they're going to want your advice. Um, that is a, That is something you reap from years of sowing relationship. Does that mean that you are not the authority? No, not at all. Does that mean that you don't have boundaries, that you don't don't, um, practice discipleship and discipline and correction and training? Mm -hmm. Of course you do. But you also pursue a loving heart-to-heart relationship where they feel known. Now, there's sometimes where parents won't hold their kids accountable or they'll see something and they go, yeah, that character thing flaw needs to improve or, you know, I sense they lied to me here, but I'm going to let it go or whatever it is. Mm. And they don't hold their kids accountable because they think it's going to hurt their relationship. relationship with them. Actually, when you hold somebody accountable and you have a relationship with them and you're making it clear it's because you love them, even if they're upset they actually grow more secure in that relationship. Mm -hmm. They're like, wow, this person loves me enough to tell me when I'm wrong, even when I don't like it. And they see my sin and they still love me the same because the love continues on because there's long suffering and there's patience. Long suffering patience has nothing to do with keeping your, I mean, it doesn't mean that you don't ever speak truth into your kids' lives. We'll get more into that in the next podcast. So, so the the philosophy of just being friends with your kids um, obviously is not working. It's not biblical. It's not making them feel more loved. It's making them feel less loved. Let's look at uh, the, these last generations. It, it's just not working. Um, yes, we need. We're, there's an element of friendship for sure with our kids, Mm -hmm. but it's a different kind of friendship that God ordained. Mm -hmm. And you know what? When your kids are way older, it might become even more of a normal friendship. Mm -hmm. But uh, when they're in your house and you're raising them up, of course it's a friendship, but you're the parent. Mm -hmm. You're the parent. And that Mm -hmm. there's a different dynamic to it, completely Mm -hmm. different. Mm -hmm. So also myths on it is uh, what you will tolerate. You might tolerate things uh, and you believe it's for the sake of keeping the peace, keeping relationship. But that's not peace, right? We did a, a podcast on this, on um, on fake peace with, uh, <laughs> Steve with, Crane, uh, with yeah. Dr. Steve Crane. It was incredible. You got to blessed be the peacemakers. What was the title of that podcast? People got to go listen to that. I think it was about standing up for truth and being a, that being a pacemaker is about standing up for truth because the, the punchline is, is that you can't have true biblical right. peace without reconciliation to Christ. And if you're in sin, 
and you're not repentant, then there's no true reconciliation with Christ. Therefore, there's no yeah. real peace. So then you're in this like, and he ta- I think he talked about the difference between tranquility and how people, parents today, one of the biggest mistakes that they make is that they will forego correcting or pointing out a sin in a child's life for the sake of what they think is peace, but really what they're wanting is tranquility in the Mm -hmm. moment. They don't want conflict, but what that actually reaps is bigger problems, more conflict down the road because that sin is like a weed. Well, this is my opinion, but it's like a small weed that just continues to grow and grow and grow. And then all of a sudden it's got these huge thistles and it's It's hard to get out. It's fake peace. It's short term. It's not what And it actually causes a bigger problem. Has called us to do. So those are some myths on relationship driven. Um, Let's Mm -hmm. talk about the truth about relationship driven though. So in relationship driven relationships, I'm just going to read from Romans 623 because this is part of it. Okay. You guys should know this. It says, but in verse 22, but now having been set free from sin, yay. (laughs) Those of us who have come to Christ have been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness Amen. and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so you guys, so this is ultimately like when I think about parents who are unwilling to actually point out the sin or correct sin, I think to myself, do you love your kids? Because sin leads to death. This is an opportunity to point them to the Savior. That's like teaching your kids what sin is, is the most foundational thing that we absolutely cannot omit in our parenting because it is the only reason why we need a savior. Mm -hmm. If you want your kids to be saved, they have to know what sin is. And one of the problems of today is that a lot of parents are not actually teaching their kids the word sin. A lot of people who even claim to be Christians are not believing in sin. It's a so. It, so just remember, if there's no sin, what's the need for Jesus? Right. So it is really not helpful for kids not to understand sin and what it is. It is super helpful to do. If you love and care for your kids, you want them to love Jesus. You want them to, to need him. To need God and have the Holy Spirit there to help them so that they can live lives that glorify him to other people and other people understand that, including their kids someday. And so it's super important that if relationship driven approach is gospel orientated. 100%. But it starts first with you understanding that. So I, I just even think to myself, like when parents have a hard time. Okay. So let's just think for a second with church leadership. I'm, I'm, uh, yes, I'm going there. In Second Timothy, it talks about church leadership, and it talks about the importance of elders being qualified to be able to manage the household of faith. We talked about this in the last podcast, okay? And the reason why this is important is because if someone is in sin in something, they're not going to correct a member of the body with that same sin because it's the whole Matthew 6 thing. Right? Like if they're a real Christian and they're going, okay, so I have a plank in my own eye, they have a speck in their own their eye, I'm not gonna correct them because I can't do this, right? Mm-hmm. So we as parents need to first understand that the wages of sin is death. Mm-hmm. Like we take that on ourselves and we go, I 
don't deserve this grace, but praise God that he was so merciful with me. Mm -hmm. And guess what that does? That transforms our picture of our children to be able to have compassion with them when we're correcting them. So we're not coming down harsh, which would be a symptom of a controlling parent, right? Um, To be harsh in that kind of way, in the way that we're correcting, but instead to have compassion and gentleness when we are verbally talking to our kids and correcting them about it. I think that a lot of parents don't understand that being in relationship with your kids can actually, you can grow in closer relationship when you're dealing with sin because they get to see the heart of God Mm. and compassion and grace coming upon them while at the same time realizing I need to turn from this. I need to change. I don't need to be in this bondage because what is sin? Sin is bondage. Mm -hmm. And if we don't want our kids in bondage and we want them to live in the freedom of Christ, then why would we just let them continue in their sin? Knowing that the sin wages of sin is death. That's the most unloving thing ever. Yeah. And so I, I just think that it, it got the gospel alone has to be preached over and over and over again to our kids. Wow. Your relationship, by the way, has so much weight with your kids. Sometimes we forget how powerful, how influential, how heavy, how much of a blessing your relationship is with them, depending mm-hmm. on where it's at. And it is so important to remember that, that out of anybody else in this world, your words have more weight. And your words are more influential. And you may not feel that sometimes, but whether they acknowledge that or not, it is just true. We need to assume that Mm -hmm. because if you don't assume that, you take it for granted and you say things you wish you wouldn't have sometimes. You're too short with your kids uh, and these kinds of things because you forget how influential you are. You need to cultivate, we need to cultivate rock solid relationships with our kids. And I would just audit that. Where's my relationship at with and each of your kids' names? It takes me a little while, right? We've got a lot of kids. And I always like to think about, okay, where's my relationship at with so-and-so? And you know what? It's never perfect. Mm-hmm. It's there's ne- always room It's for never growth. perfect. And there's always, yeah. okay, I think it's good there, but I think it could be better there. And, and I pray about it. And sometimes mm-hmm. I'm perplexed, frankly. Sometimes I'm just perplexed on, on mm-hmm. some things and sometimes I, um, and fatigued. I know fatigued. sometimes and I'm so, fatigued. And sometimes about I'm like, uh, I get mm-hmm. sad cause I'm like, yeah, I, I wish, wish it was it better. better. And then all of a sudden <laughs> it gets better and God answers the prayer. And w- yeah. y- you know, I find a way to get alone time with that person and just what's on your heart. How are you doing? You know, uh, what's going on in your life? You know, what could be better? You know, how do you think the dynamics in our home are, you know, um, how are you doing with your sibling relationships? How are you doing with your friends? You know, uh, you what activities do you, are you loving or wishing you had more of? And just, you know, I'm just reeling off a bunch of stuff. I wouldn't do all of that probably in one sitting, but. But maybe, I mean, that's the thing. One of the things that we do teach in the Courageous Parenting Mentor Program that Isaac has taught me over the years is to get good at being question asking. Um, to see this, the the look on your kid's face drop what you're doing in a minute. That's kind of what I've been better at doing. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like in the time that I'm with the kids, I, that was something I had to learn over the years and I'm better at it now. Uh, I wasn't good at it when I first was a parent, but really taking time to not just take the, Oh, I'm okay. Oh, fine. Oh, good. No, ask three questions deep is what you always Mm say. Um, And and so get good at question asking because a lot of times kids are like, oh, they're just asking me the same question they ask me every day. 
And I tell people this when I teach them in the business world, adults, yeah. and I'm going to teach you this by your kids. Some of your kids are wired differently and some of you are wired differently. If you're more of a social person, mm-hmm. you could be introverted or extroverted and be social, by the way. Um, but you um, you really like talking and going back and forth with people. Uh, two seconds of silence feels like an eternity. And you have to get good at 15, 20 seconds of silence. Or maybe 45 minutes. Okay. So <laughs> maybe, yeah, you're in a I car. I mean, seriously, you're driving. we had one kid where I was in the car driving and I'm like, just you, being patient. You ask a question and you don't talk. <laughs> if you talk after you ask a question, that just proved you didn't actually want the answer. Now you might be arguing with me right now. No, I really did want the answer. Well, it doesn't matter what your real intent was. You just told your kid you didn't. Right, because really you wanted it in your timing. You may have wanted it, but you wanted it in your timing, which is not the most loving. The most loving and the most thoughtful is what is going to make this kid feel cherished, trusted, valued to be able to get them to open up to me. And sometimes the most loving thing is not what you think is the most loving. You think the most loving is to keep trying to help them, keep trying to fix them. Or I've even seen parents where they think that their the best relationship would be giving them everything, right? Like yeah. like actual physical things, right? Where it's almost like there's this subconscious. They may, maybe the parent is it has a love language of gift giving. Yeah. But way it's translated to the kids is they're just buying my love. I mean, they may not yeah. even say that, but you guys, I've seen this in families where the kids don't have respect for the parents and the parents give them everything in the world. Guilt is a horrible motivator because it usually leads you to do the wrong thing as a parent. So if you have mom guilt or dad guilt, handle that through building actual mm-hmm. better relationship with time talking than anything mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. Super it's important. True. Okay, last point in this part one of two-part series. Soaked in biblical worldview. So they're either getting soaked in the world's worldview or a biblical worldview. And that really has a lot to do with what you're doing as a parent, right? There's no in between. What are they getting drenched in? What are they getting soaked in? Mm -hmm. Imagine your kids being sponges and something is pouring on them. And if you're not pouring a biblical worldview, the world is always pouring and trying to pour uh, its worldview. What's interesting too, though, is that it can't be, I'm going to give you guys a challenge. It can't just be your opinions. It can't just be, the Bible says this, and then you say something, but you don't actually have the word of God memorized to where, or you're not reading the Bible with your kids or your kids are not seeing you in the word because they'll literally be like, hypocrite. Like, I don't know if that's really in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Like when they, when kids get older, that's sometimes what parents struggle with. And I will just share with you guys that washing your kids in the word is actually taking the word. Like Mm -hmm. this is what, this is God's word. And the Holy Spirit can move through you, but do not underestimate God's word. It Mm. was with him in the beginning. This is him. Mm. Okay. And you are still a fleshly person that can make mistakes and can do things for your own motivation. And your kids know that. And they've probably seen you walk in the flesh. Right? I mean, let's just be honest. My kids have seen me walk in the flesh. Mm -hmm. They've seen you walk in the flesh. But the reality is, is if we walk in the flesh... That And we don't acknowledge that to our kids. We don't repent of that or we're not humble about it. Um, then they're just going to go, okay, so this Christian life, 
what is that? Yeah. And we, so we have to be careful the way, the truth and the life. Um, when it comes to biblical worldview, one of the things we were talking about was today's society. Mm -hmm. What we're seeing everywhere is right is wrong and wrong is right. Everything's so, upside down. Everything's opposite. Satan likes to distort truth. Whatever God says is true. Um, you know, Satan's coming up with a counterfeit and it ends up being completely backwards. Does everything seem a little backwards lately? More and more every month, a little more backwards in mm -hmm. your country, wherever you're from. It's because that is that the enemy is so good at distortion. He's the prince of the air. And it's it's so subtle how the deception starts. I was talking to my kids about this. So there have been some Disney movies that we've allowed our kids to see, and there have been some that we have not allowed our kids to mm -hmm. see. Um, and I was just ha having a conversation this last week, um, with Megan about how I can't even think of a Disney movie that actually portrays boys or young men or men in Positive a way. heroic light where a woman is not the hero every single time, every single time the savior of the narrative when dads and, are usually fools. Yeah. I mean, even think about like, we don't really watch sick. We, we don't have cable or anything. And so the kids haven't, but years ago there were some shows that our older kids had seen. And I remember Isaac coming home and going, we can't ever have our kids watch this because they just make the dad out to be an idiot. And it was like, Oh wow. Like I actually, and I was like, yeah. And they're so disrespectful to the parents. And then the wife is disrespectful to the husband. She talks down to him. It's like, this is what's portrayed as being normal to your kids. And it's sub, it's this like subtle deception because the reality is, is trying to find something that's wholesome for kids to watch. If you're in a bind as a parent and you're working from home and you need just 15, 20 minutes to get something done, Sometimes people use the TV as a babysitter on the side, yeah. right? Which we don't advocate for, but we have also let our kids watch movies here and there. And you guys, like we have, we can't let our guard down on the things that mm -hmm. we are exposing our kids to, because the reality is that it impresses upon them a worldview. So it's very difficult if you have a controlling parenting approach which is very hard to admit, by the way. Uh, probably most people aren't admitting that, that are mm -hmm. listening. But mm -hmm. you just check. Maybe you just you have a little bit too much. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe you don't. Maybe you're really relationship-driven. Maybe you're lopsided on the relationship side, though, uh, where you're sacrificing uh, the right things for relationship and really it's not needed. In fact, mm -hmm. you build a better relationship by holding them accountable and making sure they're not mm -hmm. hanging out with the wrong people and those kinds of things. But it's really hard to exemplify control and point your kids to a relationship with Jesus. Right. So it's really hard to live out being controlling, impatient, directing, only talking about maintenance things and very little time for deep relationship building and then go, but you should have this incredible relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Have you ever, by the way, described your relationship with God to your kids? I think that's really powerful. Mm-hmm. It's really powerful. I think that it's also important that, you know, so we were just talking about, bound, like, I'll just say it, boundaries with shows because shows can impress things upon kids, right? But there are so many things that impact a kid's worldview, right? Mm -hmm. Or our worldview as adults even. 
Um, and we need to be aware that we are all impressionable to a certain degree. But the more that we are in the word of God and in the truth, the one true truth. So while there's this confusion between right and wrong and what's true and everybody has their truth, what's your truth today? What's my truth today? Mm -hmm. There's actually only one truth and that's the word of God. And that's what we need to be founded on. That's what we need to found our families on and let the Lord build the house. Otherwise it's built in vain, which is what the Bible says. And so we have to soak our kids in this, which means there will be some boundaries, which some people that are more relational driven might think is controlling. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, is that it is relationship building because it's pointing them to the one relationship that actually has the power to save them. Mm. And so we have to understand that God has given us his guidebook, right? But this is how we know that he is so he is so relational with us. In John 14, there are three different times in this chapter alone where Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey me. Mm-hmm. It's about relationship. If you love me, if you love me, you will obey me. And so we were talking about control at the beginning of this podcast and how a lot of parents might think that control has uh, re- is reflected in behavior of kids, obedience of children, right? But God in his goodness says, if you love me, you will obey me. And so as we model that in our walk with God, which is what Isaac's asking you to ask of yourself, have you explained to your kids what your relationship with God looks like? There should be an element of explaining to them how you want to obey God because you love him. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just want to say, first of all, are they soaked in the in the in the world or in the truth? In verse six, it says, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me." So the Word, Jesus Christ, is the only truth, and our kids need to know that. And then, if you skip over in verse fifteen, it says, "If you love me, keep my commandments." In verse twenty-one, it says, "He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me." And he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. And then lastly, in verse 23, it says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my commandments and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words and the word which you hear is not mine, but the father's who sent me. These are the kinds of scriptures that when you're explaining relationship to God, to your kids, and you're talking about the importance of how you want them to obey you and that you want your kids to love God and what it looks like, it's this. If we love Jesus, we'll obey him. And we should want our kids to obey us because they love us in the same kind of way. Well, hey, thank you for joining us in part one and uh, part two. Uh, we're going to go over sowing and reaping symptoms of a control-driven uh, relationship, uh, important reflections, and a word that is very important and we're going to talk about. So get ready. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. For more resources, go to Courageous Parenting and CourageousMom.com for free online workshops, blog posts, and best-selling courses. Also, we wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, we release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. This is an incredible self-paced program where we cover everything from obedience 
obedience training to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's a supportive community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentor program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.